Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary, Port St. Lucie. Let's join lead pastor Mike Wiggins and Connections pastor Jacob Netherton for Life Group Connect Sunday with the message where life change happens. Well, as we approach our 13th anniversary as a church, February uh, 25th, I'm sorry, um, not February, April uh, 25th will be our 13th anniversary. And as we approach that anniversary, I find myself wanting our church to become stronger than it's ever been before. And I know that if we're gonna reach that goal and we're gonna become stronger and stronger as a local church here in this community, um, we're gonna have to focus more on this whole idea of community. And so if you've been with us for any length of time, you know that the model for this church is the early church, the church that you see in the book of Acts, specifically Acts chapter two. And so on the day of Pentecost, you remember the church was born, and on that day, 3,000 people accepted Christ, Jesus, as their Messiah and their Savior and their Lord, and then all 3,000 of them were baptized. Did you notice the order, by the way? They weren't baptized and then believed. They believed and then they were baptized. And so now you have this mega church overnight. And what did they do? Well, Acts 2.42, one of the hallmark verses of this local church, speaking about those 3,000, actually 120, 3,120 people when you add the 120 that were praying in the upper room prior to Pentecost, what did they do? It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. That's the teaching of the word of God. And that's why every Sunday we go line upon line, verse by verse, through books of the Bible. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. They devoted themselves to fellowship. The word fellowship in the Greek is koinonia, and it simply means commonality, it means unity, it means to have a strong bond with people who are going the same way that you're going. And so what happened was these people were intentional, it didn't happen by accident, that they worshiped in the temple, that's the large group gathering, but then during the week, guess what they did? It says in Acts 2, as you continue to read, they got together in small groups, they got together in homes, they did life together, they made friendships, they got to know one another. And I'm convinced that that's the reason that church made such an impact on their community. They went from 3,120 to, by, as you continue to read in Acts, finally Luke, the author of Acts says, uh, the number of disciples could not be counted anymore. It blew up. And then they were accused of turning the world upside down. I submit to you they turned the world right side up, by the way. Okay, and so what was the reason that they saw so many lives changed? It's because of community. And so the early church teaches this important truth to us, that life change is hindered when we're in isolation, but it's enhanced when we're in what? Community. And so I believe that our generation is the most isolated generation that's ever existed in our nation. And so you literally have tomorrow morning multiplied millions of people all around America 
who are going to get in their car, they're going to drive to work, they're going to go to a cubicle, and they're going to sit in front of a computer screen for eight, nine, or ten hours all alone. And then um, many of them, not all of them, but many of them who haven't broken their New Year's resolution yet are going to stop at the gym on the way home, and they're going to put in their earplugs, and they're going to work out all alone. And then they're going to go home, and as they drive into their driveway, they're going to hit a little button in their car, and the door's going to go up, they're going to drive in, they're going to hit it again, it's going to go down, and they're still all alone. Then they're going to have dinner later that evening with their family, but they're not going to sit around a family dinner table. Who does that anymore? What they're going to do is they're going to get a bunch of TV trays, and they're all going to make a semicircle around a big flat-screen TV. And because, even though they're all together, because they're not focused on each other, but they're focused on the flat screen, they're still virtually all alone. And if there's nothing on TV, there's always the smartphone. And how many of you have seen pictures of entire families sitting in the living room? They're not talking. What are they doing? Every single one of them is doing this, right? Checking the news, playing game after game, checking the weather, checking the sports scores, um, doing the million other things that you can do. And then that night, as they lay in bed and fall asleep, they're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, and they're still all alone. That's our generation, that's just kind of the way it is, all right? And so even though our population is exploding all around us, there's people everywhere, the truth of the matter is that many Americans are living in isolation, and they have very few true friends. And somebody might say, well, Pastor Mike, I have friends. I have Facebook friends. Let me just remind you that your Facebook friends are probably not all your friends. You say, why could you ever say something like that? Because ladies and gentlemen, the definition of a true friend is somebody that you actually connect with in person. Somebody you actually have face-to-face -face conversations with. Somebody who has your back through thick and thin. Somebody who helps you through the difficult times of life. Those are our true friends, and they are few and far between on Facebook. And by the way, anybody could fake it on Facebook. You can, you, your, your marriage could be in a shambles and on the brink of divorce, and on Facebook, it looks like everything's perfect. Your kids could be doing drugs and never coming home at night, but on Facebook, it looks like the perfect little family. I submit to you, don't believe everything you see on Facebook and learn how to develop true friendships with people you actually do life with. And so our generation, more than any other generation, lacks true community. And what's sad is that many churches are not addressing the problem at all. And the reason, or the way, I should say, that they're not addressing the problem is by having too many church services. They have two, three church services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, 
Everybody comes back into the same big room and they all sit in rows to hear yet another sermon, to hear one guy using his spiritual gift while everybody, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, listens to the one guy using his spiritual gifts. That is not a picture of the New Testament church. I heard about one pastor who refused to have life groups in his church. And he was asked why, and he said, because I don't want to deal with all the problems that occur when people get together in groups. (laughs) How sad is that? And so my question to that pastor would simply be this. Number one, are you wearing yourself out doing three sermons a week? Right? Number two, I would ask that pastor this. I would say, how does your church live out all the one another commandments in the New Testament? Did you know that 59 times in the New Testament, there's a commandment to do something with one another? Let me just share eight of them. Okay, here's four. Encourage one another. Be patient with one another. Now, by the way, all these one another statements in the New Testament, they take it for granted that you're actually in relationships with the people in the local church you attend that you're not just going to church, that you are the church. Did you catch that one? Somebody should say amen to that one. That was good. (laughs) That you're not just going to church, you are the church, okay? And so this is taking for granted that you're in a relationship with somebody to encourage them. If you don't know them, you can't encourage them. Right? This takes it for granted that you're in a relationship with somebody to be patient with them. You can't be patient with them until you're around them long enough for them to start to annoy you. Right? This is why people always stay in rows, by the way. They don't want to deal with all the drama and it's excuse. Forgive one another. You can't do that unless you know somebody. Pray for one another. You can't do that unless you find out what their prayer requests are, and that takes a relationship. Look at the next four. Love one another. Ladies and gentlemen, if all we do three times a week is come into a room and sit in a row and listen to one guy exercise his spiritual gift, how do we love the person next to us in that row? We don't even know them. We don't know them. They're a stranger. They're an acquaintance. How do you love them? You see what's happened? It's not the New Testament church. The New Testament church in Acts chapter 2 sat in rows, praise the Lord, but then they got into circles during the week and they did the one another ministries. Serve one another. Carry one another's burdens. Here's a good one. Offer hospitality to one another. If all you do is meet in one big room in rows every single week, are you ever opening your home to anybody? And so again, my question to that pastor would be, how are, you, oh, how's your, how are your people obeying these one another commandments in the Bible? Now you hear us often talking about here at Calvary, rows and circles, and how they're both, by the way, vital to your spiritual health and growth. So rows, if you're brand new to Calvary, that's what we do once a week on Sunday morning. And just like the the believers in Acts chapter 20, we come together on the first day of the week, the Lord's day. We we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. We we experience his presence. We hear the apostles' doctrine uh, taught. 
Um, how, many are you, uh, how many of you are glad for rows once a week, right? I know I am. I love it. I absolutely love it. But there's also circles. And circles, in our context of our local church, are called life groups. Now, the only way I know how to show you the, how important circles are is to um, differentiate or show them side by side with rows, with some statements. Okay, so check out these four statements. In rows, we gather as a large group. Nothing wrong with that. But in circles, we gather in small groups. That's where you get to know people. Next statement, in rows, we sit next to strangers and acquaintances. In circles, we sit next to who? Need a friend? Then don't just define your Christianity by Sunday morning church attendance, if you need a friend. In rows, we hear God's word. In circles, we go beyond that, we discuss God's word, and more importantly, we live out God's word. And then finally, in rows, we get knowledge, but in circles, we get community. And so the problem is that many Christians will sit in a row. No problem, pastor, I'll come to church twice a month, I'll sit in a row. But many Christians are not willing to sit in a circle because in circles, you gotta be a little vulnerable. In circles, it's a little uncomfortable. And in a circle, you gotta come out of your comfort zone. But in circles, listen, that's where it's at. And so I leave you with this verse in Ecclesiastes. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. So I hope you hear my heart. I hope you hear my passion that if our church, as we approach our 13th anniversary, is really gonna become stronger and stronger, we got to get this right. We gotta get people, not just in rows, but also in circles. They can benefit you, and I want you to check out this video to see why a circle can benefit you in your marriage. I'm from Honduras. And I'm original from Colombia. Uh, we met at Reading, PA, Pennsylvania. I wasn't a believer. She was. I was. I introduced him to Christ. He asked me out and I said, I can't go out with you because you know, you're not a Christian. So that was a Thursday. Friday, he was accepting Christ at my youth group. We dated four months, then we got married, and really quick, we moved to Florida to live here. From that point, as soon as we, we came to Florida, we started visiting um, Spanish church. He wasn't spending a lot of time at home. So I suggested for him to stop going to church. And uh, that was a mistake. Yeah. Because not only we stopped going to church, but we, we got away from God, especially me. And that's when, um, when I fall in, in sin. I, I wasn't faithful to her um, with one of her friends. But in reality, that's the moment that we really, you know, grabbed onto the Lord and, and he made our marriage better. I can see God's working even in that situation because uh, he, he gave me my wife, my family back. 
a friend from church suggested Marriage Encounter. And um, we went and it was wonderful. And after that, they, they guided us to re-engage. Re-engage not only helped us with the marriage, but helped us a lot with the connection to God. And that has been the key to our, our marriage. You are with a few couples, six, seven, and that's, uh, you take about 16 weeks, and that's all it takes to go through the uh, information. Every time you go, you hear a live testimony of a couple, and definitely it, automatically you feel like you're not alone, um, and you hear their marriage is stronger, and um, it gives you hope. I never thought that my marriage could be what it is now, you know? Um, have this joy, this peace, um, see our children through the years grow. It, we're just, we're so joyful to where we are right now that we can serve the Lord and just love each other. Man, wasn't that awesome? Such a great story. I love hearing stories, don't you? Especially stories of life change and how God uh, transforms families. And Javier and Anna had, have such an awesome story of how God's worked in their heart and worked in their life. And, um, you know, that didn't happen just by accident. That happened with intentional steps. And it happened with, as they said, getting together with five or six couples every week and walking through life together. And so... Um, you know, that's why we have groups here, is so that stories like that happen. And everybody has a story, and every story matters. And today, the rest of the day is gonna be about stories, you hearing stories of how God has changed lives. And so here's really the big idea for today, is that groups, life groups, are a great place for life change to happen. And I got three reasons why this is a great place for life change to happen. The first one is this, that life change happens in groups because we belong. A group is a place for family. A group is a place for, to have a sense of family, that life change can happen when we do have a sense of family. See, I, I tell our life group leaders, don't treat your group as a program or, or just a study, but treat it as family getting around a dinner table. What do families getting around a dinner table look like? Healthy families, by the way, mind you. They, they, they talk, right? They laugh. They share their life with each other. They share what's been going on in their day. They eat, right? I should have got a hearty amen on the eat part, right? Because it's not a Christian function unless you eat. And so they eat around the table. They laugh. They enjoy each other. They share their story with each other. That's what healthy families do around, around the dinner table. And I I want our groups, my ideal group is a group that says, hey, come to the dinner table. Let's be a family around the table together and let's do life together. Let's share life together. You know, and, and we don't just invite you to a, a table in a group, but there's someone else who invites you to a table and that's Jesus. And Jesus, when he was ready to go to the cross, what was the last thing he did? He had his friends around the table and he shared life with them and shared a meal with them and gave them final instructions of, of what's getting ready to happen. And, and they did community. They did life together. And there's a table that God invites us to because life change happens best when we belong, when we belong 
to a family, when we belong to a group. And here's a, a, a quote for you from Andy Stanley. He says this, the primary activity of the early church was one anothering one another. You heard Pastor Mike talk about the one another's. When everyone is just sitting in rows, you can't do any one another's. Isn't that so true? And Pastor Mike has already shared that with you. And so with that, life change happening because, uh, because of belonging, I have a story for you. I have a story from uh, a lady named Maggie. Uh, she wrote it in an email to me, and she says this, I'm compelled, I'm compelled to write this email as a thanks for promoting life groups. It seems it's always difficult to find the time. See, I work nights, and uh, I have two small children, and et cetera, et cetera, the, the excuses and the list could go on, but it has been so worth being in a life group. Although I shouldn't be surprised that I had a rough start, see, I missed my first three sessions because Satan doesn't want us to grow up in the Lord after all. I'm glad that God gave me the ability to push through, and I absolutely adore my life group now. Because of circumstances too long to bore you with, now I have not been able to come to church on Sundays as much as I would like. And in parentheses, she says, which is every Sunday, of course, LOL. And then another parentheses, unless you're preaching, Pastor Jacob, LOL. No, she didn't say that. I just threw that in. But I have learned so much from my life group, and even better, I have been loved so much by my life group. I've been fed by them, had great conversations with them, been satisfied in my soul by their prayers, encouragement and concern for me by them. I so look forward to my time with them and I pray that anyone who has a reservation about joining a group is able to just throw caution to the wind and experience what a blessing it is to do life together. Many thanks, Maggie. I love that story from Maggie, that Maggie found out that, hey, once I belonged, I knew that I was loved, and I knew that I, uh, that I had a sense of family. I knew that there were people that were in my corner. The second thing that happens in life groups, I believe life change happens in life groups because we become like Jesus. My ideal group is not only one where you belong, come as you are, but uh, a group where you can come and not stay as you are, that we are pushing each other towards Christ-likeness. We all want to be like Jesus, do we not? A little bit more like Jesus? Awesome, yeah. So life change happens when we know that spiritual growth is an expectation, that changing to become more like Jesus all the time will be more than expected. It will be anticipated. We're going to celebrate that change in our groups, that whenever you have something great happen, whenever you have a testimony, whenever you have a story, you come to the table, you share that with your family, and we celebrate that because you're becoming like Jesus. And so I wanna introduce to you one of our group leaders and she's gonna share a story, share the story of her life group. So welcome to the stage, Rosemary Sanchez. Good morning, Calvary family. Um, my name is Rosemary Sanchez. I facilitated a life group for ladies last semester. Um, the, the life group was very, it's just a, it was a big impact on all the ladies, including myself. Um, two ladies who never had a relationship with Jesus were able to receive him in their heart as their Lord and Savior. So I thought that was really beautiful to be able to be, able to be a part of that. Um, also, I, I noticed that a lot of the girls were looking for two things. They were looking for one, to grow in their walk.
God, and two, they were looking for Christ-centered friendships. And through this life group, we were able to help one another. We were able to serve one another. We were able to walk through seasons of joy and sorrow together. We were able to pray for one another when one of us was going through a, um, a trial or tribulation. We were just able to also just encourage one another. And just, it was a life group full of love and joy and, and just empowering one another and just remembering who we are in him. And it was just such a beautiful thing to be a part of. And as I continued, I, I, I prayed and I asked God and I, I allowed him to lead. And um, we're going to continue this group because it made such an impact. And if you're here today and you don't know which group is for you, I encourage you to just pray and ask God to lead you. But go sign up for a life group because it'll change your life in so many ways. And you're going to see that your relationship with God is going to change in so many beautiful ways as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, Fuzzy Mary. Awesome stuff to hear that two people experienced the greatest life change ever. That was they came from darkness and, and came into light. They were once children of darkness, now they're children of God because of a group of people that surrounded them and loved them and said, you belong here, and they came to know Jesus. What an awesome testimony. What an awesome story to hear from Rosemary. So we not only belong in a life group, we, we have a sense of family. We're not only becoming more like Jesus, but the third thing, life change happens because we go beyond ourselves. And I believe that life change happens when making an impact is a natural thing. So my ideal life group is not only one where you can come as you are, and then you, and then you also can be transformed and, and, and become more like Jesus, but also a life group that makes an impact, a life group that goes beyond itself. And so another testimony, another story I want to share with you is uh, from Bonnie Stumer of how her life group came around her came around her and went beyond themselves. So would you welcome to the stage Bonnie Stumer as well. Thank you, Pastor Jacob. Um, I want to share with you today the incredible lifting that Life Group has for um, its members when we gather around in this circle rather than in the row. Um, when I was a young mom, I belonged to two Life Groups. Um, both of them were geared towards mothers of young children. And my children were, at the time, five, three, and a little over one. And... Um, during this time, um, I received a phone call in the middle of the night, a call that uh, all of us dread to receive. Um, my mom called, and she complained of severe pain in her head, and then the phone went dead. My husband, who is a pilot and is usually gone, um, suggested that we call 911 and that I go to the emergency room immediately. I did that, and after um, I left, he called the leaders of both of those life groups. Within 30 to 40 minutes, the leader of one of the groups was at the house, and that enabled him to join me at the hospital. Um, we found out upon arrival at the hospital that my mother suffered a massive stroke. And during the next 
four days, those ladies showed up at the home to take care of my three young children, our home, my pets. They brought meals, they cooked, they cleaned, they took care of my family so that I could spend those last four days until Easter Sunday when she passed with her, holding her hand, talking to her, and saying goodbye. I will never forget those women and the sacrifice that they made. They all had young families, yet they allowed us to gather around my beloved mother and say goodbye in a time of great need. They held us up. They loved on our children. They were the hands and the feet and the heart of Jesus. When you belong to a life group, you belong to a family, a family that will love you, that knows your quirks, that knows your needs, that knows your pain, that knows your joy. No matter your schedule, and I have a crazy one, um, please pray about belonging to a life group. If you can't make it every session, that's okay. You're still building those bonds that you can't possibly build when you're sitting here in the row. I just want to leave you with a final thought on that row versus the circle. When you're sitting in a row, you can't be held up by a group of 10 or 12 people. Maybe the two people right next to you could hold you up. Everyone else is reaching for you, but they can't touch you. When you're in a circle, everyone can touch you and hold you up and lift you during your lowest points in your life by the love of Christ. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Bonnie. What an awesome testimony, uh, testimony that we heard there that of a group going beyond themselves that, yeah, they had busy schedules and yeah, they had a lot on their plate, but they came around one of their, one of their family members, one of their spiritual family and said, hey, we're going to take care of you. We're going to go beyond ourselves. And so we not only just ask that, our, that uh, our groups care for each other by going beyond themselves, but we ask that our groups get outside of the four walls of their house, four walls of the church, and make an impact on the community. And we do that through a thing called Servolution. And Servolution is where we, our groups just pick a, a, a partnership, an organization, something in the community where they can go make an amazing impact uh, for that organization. So we serve uh, organizations like CareNet. We clean up parks. Um, we, we pose for pictures, uh, things like that. We feed the hungry at, and at, with Treasure Coast Food Bank. We care for uh, the, the children of our local schools through grace packs, and we uh, minister to children at Hibiscus House and many other uh, ways to serve. But the big idea is that life change happens because we get out of ourselves. We go beyond ourselves, and we start meeting the needs of others. And so when we begin to live beyond ourselves, life change happens. And so life change can happen for each one of us, when we come into a circle, when we find that we belong, find that group, belong to a group, become more like Jesus, grow spiritually, and then go beyond yourself and find the blessing of be being that. So our groups embrace the big ideas of belonging, becoming like Jesus, and going beyond themselves. 
And these big three are led by our amazing life group leaders. And at this time, I would like for our, all of our life group leaders to stand up. Would you stand up? And as they do, let's give them a big hand. All right. Awesome. So, so these awesome life group leaders are going to be available out in the foyer to meet with you, to connect with you, to help you find a group that's right for you. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys to go out and meet them and talk to them. And as they stand, I want to just pray over them, you know. And, and one thing I want to say about them is that they, uh, they devote themselves to discipleship, to helping people connect and to grow. And uh, they're amazing. And and uh, side note, too, they're really good looking, too, are they not? Yeah, awesome. Okay. I don't think they got that one, Sam. When you, you probably should sit down. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Stand up, Sam. So we're going to pray over these guys and, uh, and dismiss them out to their tables, okay? So let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for these group leaders. Thank you, Lord God, that they are committed to the one another's. They're committed to uh, creating healthy families, healthy groups, God, that where people can belong, where people can become more like you, Jesus, and where people can go beyond themselves. God, I pray your blessings on each one of these group leaders. Father, would you strengthen them? Would you protect them, God? Would you fill them with your whole Holy Spirit, and use them, God, to make um, an amazing impact on our church family and beyond uh, this season of life groups. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So life group leaders, you can go out to your table. Let's give them a hand as they leave. And so... I want you guys to get into a life group. Obviously, we devoted a whole Sunday to that so that you would uh, connect with a group that's right for you. And so we made it really easy for you to connect to a group, okay? We've, we've given you three ways to do it. One is that you can fill out a connection card right there at your seat, drop it into the tithe box as you leave. There's two wooden boxes. Or go to the Welcome Center, hand that in. Um, you could also go online, and I'm gonna show you how to go online. Um, you go to What We Do, click on Groups, when you hit groups, you'll find the different types of groups that we offer. Find the one that's right for you. Click on that. And then you'll see a map of where all the groups are. And below that, you'll see uh, descriptions of all those groups, buttons. You can click on one of those buttons and then uh, say you want to join Sticky Faith because you like sticky things. And so you say, Sticky Faith is for me. I'm going to join this group. So guess what? You're going to click that button that says join the group. Put your email in. Click continue. It's going to go to the group leader. The group leader is going to send an email back to you or call you. I, I prefer that our group leaders call, so you're probably going to hear from them. Unless they just have a, uh, an email, then they're going to email you back, say, you're in the group. This is when it happens. This is when it's going to, where we're going to uh, join together, okay? So really easy. The final way... One of the greatest gifts God can give his children is the assurance of their salvation. If you're not sure where you stand with God, we want to help. Visit our website at www.calvarypsl.com. Click on Home, then Knowing Christ.